Welcome to episode 15 of the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm Chris McKee, your host. A ton of things to go through today. Of course, we'll start with last night. The Gonzaga Bulldogs remain undefeated, now 13-0 after a comfortable 95-70 win over Pepperdine, led by Corey Kispert with 23 points. Kispert was 6 of 11 from 3. Drew Timmy with 20 points and 7 rebounds. Anton Watson, 10 rebounds and 6 points. He's like the unsung hero, the unknown on Gonzaga, but it's been putting up some pretty uh, some pretty good numbers over the past couple weeks. Joel Ayayi, speaking of good numbers, 19 points, 6 rebounds. And then, of course, Jalen Suggs, 18 points for Gonzaga. So pretty dominant performance. I mean... You know, winning by 25 it still wasn't dominant for some people. I think the line was 30, 35, something like that. It was pretty big. But um, either way, the Zags now 13-0. and 0, And the hype starting to build on Jalen Suggs. You know, I've, anyone who's listened to this podcast know I watched him play two games of college basketball and declared him the best player in college basketball. You know, you, you see a lot of players have good games. One game came out against Kansas opening game and torched them. I think he had 23 points. Is it opening game? And you're like, oh, I should keep an eye on this guy. And then five minutes into game number two, I was like, he's the best player in college basketball. And finally, a lot of the college basketball pundits catching up to my thoughts and my ideas and a lot of hype sur- surrounding Jalen right now as the number one pick in the draft. Him versus Cade Cunningham. And to me, it's not, it's not even close. It's Jalen Suggs is, I think, five times the player Cade Cunningham is. And Cade, nice player. I've talked about him before in the pod. The Oklahoma State freshman sensation, a lot of you are aware, but I don't think he's anywhere near the category of Jalen Suggs. Neither do I think any other college basketball player right now will be. And I'm starting to believe, I'm confident at least four Gonzaga players will be drafted in the next draft, maybe five. You know, Timmy's going to get drafted. I mean, I, just defensively, I watched him, you know, during the week against the Portland game. He had two huge blocks on consecutive shots, you know, and then after making the two blocks, sprints the length of the court, gets the pass, and then finishes on the basket. I'm like, that's an NBA play. That's what NBA guys do. You know, not like, oh, hey, I made two nice blocks. Everyone look at me. Put me on Instagram. It's like, no, 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 get down, hustle down the court, do your job, get it, and then finishes with a basket. So Drew Timmy, to me, no doubt. He's got the size, obviously. Uh, he can score. He's going to be it. Joel Ayayi, I'm starting to believe, is going to be drafted. And I've said it for years. I think Nemhart will get picked. I think Nemhart will probably go second round. But you got Suggs Lottery. Kispert's going to go pretty high. Timmy, I think you'll see late first round. And then maybe Ayayi sneaks into the first round. Um, and then Nemhart, I think, goes uh, in, in the second round for the Zags. But they're pretty dominant. And it's funny. Someone commented on my YouTube page. I did a, I took a segment from the podcast about three, four weeks ago where I talked about Gonzaga going undefeated on the season. And someone commented on that yesterday or today. And they said, Gonzaga is the best college basketball team they've ever seen. And I'm like, look, pump the brakes. If I could insert some uh, screeching, halting brakes uh, sound effects, I may just there. But um, they are a damn good team. They're the best team this year. And I think no doubt they will win the NCAA championship come March. Even if, you know, I mean, if they get three injuries, then we're talking, but one or two guys goes down, I still think they're going to be capable of winning because they've got so much depth. But they certainly are nowhere near the best college basketball team ever for the simple fact is 
Now, if this team stayed together for three more years, if Jalen Suggs was still here as a junior, as a senior, Kisper still is a senior, and so on and so on, over the next couple of years, if they all stuck together, but we all know that that's not happening. They're going to the NBA draft. Unlike, you know, you want to go back to the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. Now, even that's before my time. But we're talking Lou Alcindor, Bill Walton, and these guys played till their junior, senior years. They stayed three, four years of college. And, you know, winning three national championships in a row. And then you can go to the UNLV teams of the 80, late 80s, early 90s with Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman. I mean, these guys, not even close to how good <laughs> Gonzaga is nowhere near as close to how good those teams were. Same with the Duke teams of the early 90s. The Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley's. Again, these guys... I mean, Leitner came back for his senior season. He was the best player in college basketball as a junior. In today's age, he's the number one pick. He's gone. But he came back for his senior season. They're so Grant Hill was a four-year college player. Um, but that's the kind of teams, you know, the Dukes of the, the early 90s. The Kentucky 96 untouchable team. Look, Gonzaga is a damn good team, and they're great. And I don't want to diminish anything they're doing this year. But that Kentucky 96 team, again, juniors, seniors, would wipe the floor with Today's Gonzaga, as well as some of the Duke teams of the early 90s, you know, loaded with four or five first, uh, first round NBA picks and pretty deep in talent. But you could make an argument that Gonzaga may be the best college basketball team over the past decade. I mean, then you would have to look at, you know, the 2018 or 2018-19 Duke team with Zion and RJ and those guys would definitely have an argument. But um, not the greatest ever, but certainly a damn good team. So I wanted to get into the bad news of the week. So many of you may have tried to log on to undraftedfreeagent.com over the past couple of days, and the site is down. So I have been jobbed uh, an all-timer here. So I ended up, I used a company out of the UK. I When I initially started the site in what, October 2019, I posted on my Twitter, hey, I need anyone out there, no one to help build websites, blah, blah, blah. So I got a couple random responses and then started messaging with this one guy and via email and, and Twitter and how I can help you set up the site. No problem. This is what it costs. Great. Very affordable. And then he looks at my site and says, hey, I noticed it says you worked with the Wu-Tang Clan. And did you really? So he starts asking me some questions about the Wu-Tang. And of course, I tell him because I was the Wu-Tang Clan's booking agent for over 12 years and worked with a number of hip-hop artists. I've talked about that numerous times on the podcast. So I am you. I am conditioned to the hookup. When you're the Wu-Tang Clan's agent and, you know, Royce the Five Nine and the Black Guy Peas, all these bands, you're going to get hookups. And so I'm used to the hookup. This, you know, you use that position to get free shit or free stuff, excuse me. And this guy was freaking out that I work with. He says, dude, I'm going to do this really cheap for you. I'll hook you up. And he did it dirt cheap. So I paid the guy, paid, you know, the site hosting, my domain name, everything. I, I you know, I'm paid up till next July, pay him once a year. And that's that. So next thing you know, Tuesday after the pod, I noticed my site was down. I thought, oh, maybe just some server updates. Well, the short end of it, it's gone. Every, all 400 articles that I have written over the past 16 months, gone. Every podcast that I posted on the site, now they're still up on iTunes, Spotify, and all that, but all my content, gone. So I'm going to stop. Now, I was on the phone, obviously, sorting it out today of just working on Now i got to work to get my damn domain name back. But either way, it's coming back. I'll have it up next week. Bear with me. And this is obviously, uh, I, I, I'm over the crush of losing 400 articles. You know how, like, that we're talking 30 Division I NCAA coach interviews, gone, all of it. A lot of the high school players I covered that have no other articles about them. My, my story was the only thing you can find about them. So that's going to hurt their recruiting, a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, I kind of had a few pops 
uh, Wednesday night after I got off work and drowned my sorrows, and now I'm ready to uh, get back to it. So here I am on a frigid Friday, or well, around noonish Friday afternoon Eastern time recording this pod. So I'm going to have it back up. Uh, bear with me. You'll see undraftedfreeagent.com back up shortly. So a little later on in today's episode, I'm going to play some of my interview with Florida Atlantic head coach Dusty May. Spoke to him during the offseason. They're 6-6 right now in a very tough conference USA. They beat FIU last night, 81-79, and they got them again tomorrow. And FIU, pretty good team, so maybe Florida Atlantic uh, settling things down. But either way, had a pretty good conversation with Dusty. Really enjoyed my chat with him, so I'm going to play segments of that. A little later on, I'm going to do my under-the-radar player watch as usual. And, of course, my betting picks. So I'm on fire right now with my betting picks. Anyone who listened to the last episode, I gave two picks. Both of them came through. I'm going to run through that when I go through the the scores shortly. Week before, I had just one game, got that. And then the week before that, I was two of three. So I'm five of six on my last betting picks. You might want to spread the word to your gambling uh, degenerate friends because I have a lot of them. (laughs) And they've been hitting me up for some picks. Well, they always do. For years, college football, I give my college football picks to a secret crew of my friends because I'm going about 65%. Uh, Did this year anyways. I was on fire. But either way, let's get to some of the key scores this week. A lot of great games. So going back to Tuesday, Toledo. Improves to 11-3 after an easy 96-63 win over Eastern Kentucky, led by a career high by Keyshawn Saunders, one of my guys, one of my favorite players. Keyshawn played at Orangeville Prep. I did the play-by-play for his final two years of college, and nobody lobbied harder for him to get a scholarship and to get some attention than me. I felt he was the most underrated player in the league he played in his senior season on you know one of the better teams in the country. Love Keyshawn as a, as a player. He is uh, a dynamic scorer, excellent ball handler, plays good defense. He's a 6'5 guard, but he's got long arms, so he plays a lot longer than his 6'5 frame. He's exceptionally quick, and he is a good kid. He's a good student. He's a good young man. I know his father, Richard, a little bit. Great guy. His father, a pretty good basketball player himself. I believe he played at Humber College, which is one of the top programs here in Ontario. But um, can't say enough about how nice of a young man Keyshawn is, and I've been rooting for his success. And there you go, 20 points in a career high this week for Toledo. Watch out for Toledo. So also Tuesday night, this was one of my betting picks. Michigan 77-54 over Wisconsin. Now, obviously I know that's not mid-major, but um, I've been on the Michigan train very early. I you know, posted a couple weeks ago on my Twitter, which you can check out at Mr. McKee, that I felt they were a top five team in the country. And now finally, they're starting to get that. You're starting to see how good Michigan is. I, you know, they have the absolute possibility they could win the tournament this year. If there's, you're looking for a team that could upset Gonzaga, Michigan Wolverines definitely going to be in that conversation. So that was one of my betting picks. So um, going to Wednesday, Boise won its 12th straight game, 90-70, over a very good Wyoming team. We've talked about Boise plenty on the pod. I, you know, I think they should be ranked um, one of the best teams in college basketball, not just a mid-major. All five starters in that game against Wyoming had 10 or more points, led by Devonair Dutrieve with 17 points off the bench. So we've talked about Devonair here on the pod, transfer from Arizona. Missed the first couple games of the season because he transferred. He left Arizona after three games last year, so he had to sit out the first little bit. Now eligible and been slowly working his way into the lineup. And now you see Led Boise with 17 points off the bench. They're getting deeper. They were already good before Devin Ayer was eligible. 
Boise, man, watch out for them. They can play. So coming up next for Boise, they have Fresno State back-to-back. Uh, Wednesday the 20th and Friday, January 22nd. It's going to be a tough game. With Fresno, pretty decent team. Um, they've won three in a row, and they're going to be part of one of my betting picks this week. That's how I know that, so we'll get to that. So speaking of my betting picks, Chattanooga beat Mercer 83-80. I had Chattanooga minus one on that. So Chattanooga now 11-3 on the season. Mercer drops to 7-4, and four, sliding a bit. And the Mercer Bears, one of my favorite teams. I've sentimental because I went down to Megan, Georgia, to the campus of Mercer, uh, well, basically a year ago this week. So love me some Mercer. Hopefully they can, uh, Greg Gary can write the ship. So VCU, now 10-3 and three on, this is Wednesday night, we're going back to you. They beat George Washington, 84-77. Talked about this last week in the pod. You know, I've preached VCU being one of the three or four best mid-major teams in college basketball, but they are also one of the three or four most inconsistent teams in, in all of college basketball. So bad loss to Rhode Island before, and then they come back, a little bounce back against George Washington. So I don't know who VCU is. I do know they have a ton of talent. You know, they're loaded with athleticism. But, uh, you know, you never know. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So if, if you are a betting man, stay away from VCO for a little bit until they kind of figure out who the heck they are. So Furman on Wednesday gave the Citadel their first loss, 94-88. Furman now 9-3, Citadel 8-1. They went into that game undefeated. Tough game. I, the spread was about 16-18 on that. It ended up being a pretty close game. But uh, Furman, that's a sneaky team out of the SOCOM. Watch out for them. They're going to be in the conversation for March Madness. So Dayton now 7-3. Back-to-back wins they've got. They beat Duquesne 72-63 behind 18 points from Jalen Crutcher. You know, J- By the way, Jalen is the name of 2021. We talked about Jalen Crutcher on the pod. We talked a ton about Jalen Suggs. We talked about Jalen Pickett from Siena as their best player. We also talked Jalen Seabury of Moorhead State. So Jalen, the name of 2021 right now. Um, also on Wednesday, Stephen F. Austin beat Central Arkansas at 95-69. The Lumberjacks now 6-2. Stephen F. Austin, one of those teams that was on pause for a few weeks. They're now back at it, looking pretty good. Also in the Southland, Sam Houston State beat Lamar 96-71. So Sam Houston now 10-5. So the Southland is a three-horse race. We've talked about Abilene Christian quite a bit in the pod. If you go back to episode... What was it? Uh, 11, 12, I have a full interview with Joe Golding, Abilene Christian's head coach. That's my most downloaded podcast right now, so go give that a listen if you haven't. And go back to episode one with segments of my conversation with Kyle Keller, the Stephen F. Austin head coach, one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. Kyle and I have a a great relationship. I've spoken to him a number of times, and I support everything he's doing a 1,000%. But right now, the Southland, a three-horse race, Sam Houston State, Abilene Christian, and Stephen F. Austin. So... Keep an eye out on that race as we head towards the conference tournament. So then last night, you know, obviously we talked Gonzaga's win, but also Pacific beat Santa Clara 79-58. Pacific now 4-1. They also play in the West Coast Conference, so maybe that's a team that's going to give Gonzaga a go. Maybe. Obviously, they're one of those teams on pause if they're only 4-1, but um, pretty good. Uh, you know, who knows? We're picking at straws here to see who's going to give the Zags a go. I still think BYU's that best chance last game of the season, but uh, we'll see. So another team we've talked a little bit about, Belmont, now 13-1. and They beat Tennessee Tech last night, 88-67, and they have an argument they should be ranked. They're 13-1. and They've beaten everyone that comes in front of them just about. 
Um, they're trending up or they're getting better. I, you know, I didn't see any of last night's game, but I watched quite a bit of the game before. It's a damn good team. Watch out for Belmont and the OVC, man. They're, you're not going to want to play them come tournament time. So speaking of an argument to be ranked, Winthrop, now 12-0. They beat a pretty bad Longwood team, but 72-61 last night. Behind Chandler Vodrum with 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. We've talked a lot about Chandler. Go check them out. Winthrop undefeated. Got to be in the convo along with Drake still undefeated, man. So I'm uh, I'm rooting for you guys. I'm, I'm trying to push... Another score from last night, Montana now 6-6 six six after beating Northern Arizona, 67-56. So I talked about Montana a couple weeks ago. I watched them. I think they were like 0-4, 0-5, and then they beat the Washington Huskies. And I watched the entire game. It was one of those late-night games, and I, I finished my traffic reporting job at 10-15 at night. So get home and just sitting around having a cold one. And uh, I usually try to watch the entire, whatever the 10 o'clock game is, I'll watch the entire thing pretty much. And I thought Montana at the time was, I'm like, that's one of the best one-win teams I've seen in a long time. So here they are now, 6-6. Six and six. My guy Josh Vasquez, who I spoke about, had 15.6 rebounds. Nice guard out of Torrance, California. I think Josh is a sophomore. Really nice player. You know, I watched him for five minutes and thought that. And then here we go, coming up big against Northern Arizona. So watch out for the Montana Grizzlies. They are trending in the right direction. Just 6-6, six and six, but they're on a pretty good run right now. Speaking of pretty good runs, Utah State beat San Diego State last night, 57-45. So Utah State now 10-3. San Diego State sliding. They're not the team they were last year. And, uh, I mean, they're still pretty good. They're still going to be in the conversation uh, in the Mountain West. But um, definitely not the cream of the crop like they were last year. Also last night, Boise 10-3 after they beat St. Mary's. St. Mary's trending downward. Or, sorry, BYU looking pretty good. And I think that is the best shot of... Gonzaga losing is to BYU, and so uh, that remains to be seen. Also mentioned a few minutes ago, Florida Atlantic beat FIU, and that's a damn good team, Florida International. FAU won 81-79, and uh, I'm going to play some segments of my interview with their head coach, Dusty May. Spoke to him throughout the summer. Great guy. Enjoyed my conversation with him. Very candid, very open. And uh, so Dusty is in his third season as the head coach at Florida Atlantic. Prior to getting the job at FAU, he was an assistant at Florida for the Gators under Mike White for three years. And he was also part of his staff at Louisiana Tech. So Dusty May has also been an assistant at Louisiana Tech, uh, UAB, Murray State, and Eastern Michigan. So in his first season as head coach at FAU, 2018-19, they were 17-16, and 16, a game above 500. Last year, 2019-20, they were 17-15. and 15. Right now, they're 6-6 six and six in a very tough conference USA. But uh, slow motion, better than no motion for FAU fans. So during my conversation, I asked Dusty about some of the new players he has coming in for 2021. And he's not a fan of the JUCO transfer. He believes in signing high school players and going from there. And here he tells me a little bit about some of the recruits and players he's got ahead of the 2021 season. Well, our league is typically a, a, a JUCO transfer league, and, and um, you know we've just fallen in love with a group of freshmen a couple couple consecutive years. Our, our, our rising sophomore class, we think, made big leaps as freshmen, and we're we're really um, high on, on bringing guys in and spending four years with them and, and growing with them, and, and the relationship piece is so important to our staff. But we signed a local kid named Giancarlo Rosado. And um, he was as productive as, as, as almost any big on the EYBL circuit, playing with a, a story program, Each One Teach One. Um, and then John L. Davis out of Indiana was also on the, on the Each One Teach One, uh, on the, the, the EYBL circuit with um, team out of Indiana. 
And uh, those two guys will make an impact. And then, and then we we're able to get a prep school guard, uh, Nick Boyd, out of, out of New York. And um, who uh, and we signed a kid out of Mississippi late, Elijah Martin, who we recruited all year and didn't think we'd have a scholarship. And then we, we had one open up. And, and fortunately for us, he was still available. He's a, a big-time athlete. So to be honest, I'm high on all four of them because they love the game. Uh, they're, they're physically mature. They're mentally mature. They're guys that, that, that want to win, and they've always produced. And uh, they've got big upsides, so we're, we're excited to grow with these guys and, and uh, you know, definitely follow our veterans that, that have been in the program for a couple of years. But uh, look forward to taking this, this program to another level. So speaking of recruiting, I asked Dusty May about Lane Kiffin, who was the previous head coach at Florida Atlantic. And, you know, Lane, very outspoken, huge Twitter follower. Everyone knows you know, anyone involved in college sports knows about Lane Kiffin and, and his history, but he helped revive FAU's football program, which, you know, that often can have an effect on recruiting in other sports and as well as enrollment. I know FAU's student enrollment went through the roof, you know, when Lane Kiffin was the head coach there. Now, obviously, he's moved on to Ole Miss, but I asked Dusty May a little bit about the Lane Kiffin effect on recruiting. This is what he told me. No, it, it definitely helped. Lane was, um, you know, he, he was such a big name and, and, and always spoke uh, for FAU. So we would go into homes, we'd go into schools, maybe out of our, our recruiting region and, and, and tell them where we're from. And they'd say, oh, that's where Lane Kiffin coaches. So it, it, and, and the success he had showed that FAU is a new university and there's been an incredible investment in athletics by our president and, and athletic director in our administration. So it, it, it's lended a little bit of credibility and almost across the board, all sports are, are improving rapidly. Um, and it, I, I think um, I, I strongly believe that this athletic department's on strong, strong footing, but it, it, it Lane allowed us to kind of put ourselves out there um, at a championship level, winning a couple of championships, championships in a place that, that that's not common. So there's Dusty May on the Lane Kiffin effect on recruiting at Florida Atlantic. Lane, of course, over at Ole Miss now, and I actually spoke to Kermit Davis, the Ole Miss basketball coach, prior to the start of the season, asked him a similar question about that, and uh, nothing but uh, positive things about Lane and uh, his effect on recruiting no matter what program he's at. So, Dusty May, one of the few coaches, fairly active on Twitter, um, not afraid to give his political beliefs, unlike a lot of coaches, and, you know, he, obviously, a lot of the stuff that was going on during the summer, and... I had the chance to ask him about, you know, he isn't very quiet. He's, he's not afraid to voice his opinion and being political. And uh, this is what he told me a little bit about that. I just think the, 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 in the current climate, if, if we don't speak out on what we really believe and, and fight for the, the people we believe in, then nothing's going to change. And sometimes uh, I think we all question um, what kind of platform we have or if we even have one at all. And I think that it, what, what it does, especially when you're in a leadership position, it shows that you're willing to fight uh, for the guys that you're on the same team with and, and, and you're going to, to battle with day in, day out of practicing games. And, and it's just, you know, I, I heard the saying a few years ago, I think it's Tim Ferriss, that those who are, are easily offended should be offended often. I think he has a stolen quote he had, but um, it, it makes sense. If, if, if you're offended by, by these conversations and by what other people say, then then I think you should look internally and really evaluate what your thoughts and, and beliefs are. But we all have opinions. We all have beliefs based on, on, on our own experiences. And uh, my experiences um, in the last few years have, have, have told me that I needed to do more. Well, what are the conversations with your players like been over the past week or so about all of this stuff? And to be honest, it's just been, it's, it's been our staff just curious to hear what experiences our guys have been through, especially the negative ones. And then, you know, and, and, and even... Uh, looking at it a little bit deeper where, 
you know, when this when this happened, or, or why do you think you were able to avoid this situation, and what have you done cautionary, and what are your thoughts here? Just just listening, getting their perspective, because I was laughing with a few of our guys growing up. You know, I came from a, a lower and you know a lower income situation when I was younger. But when I got pulled over when I was a teenager or my early 20s, or my only concern was, is my insurance going to go up? And if there are people who have concerns of, of what will happen just by getting a, a routine traffic stop, then, then that's an issue. And uh, like I said, I mean, it's, it's something you can just empathize and, and learn more from our guys because, um, you know, there are systemic issues and a lot of, a lot of uh, problems in our country. Um, but I think this next generation is really fighting and coming together and, and trying to make a, a positive change. Well, I'm happy Dusty is is open about stuff and, you know, keeps his players in the loop of everything that's going on politically. Um, you know, the world isn't just about basketball. So I think he's a good teacher. And uh, I think you, you hear some of that in, in some of the comments he just said. So I always ask coaches about their goals ahead of the start of the season. And this is what Dusty May told me about his plans for Florida Atlantic. To be, we've had this pod system in the last couple of years, but we haven't. We're not doing it again this year. But just to be in that top pod to, to get a first round buy uh, in the conference tournament. Well, actually, our, our league cut it to eight teams, but just to be in the, the top four with a chance to win a conference championship late in the season to put ourselves in that position. And and if we play well down the stretch, we'll have a chance to win it. If not, we'll be in, in, in contention for uh, the NCAA tournament. But we've got a group that we're very very confident. They've been together, and uh, we're excited about the leadership of this group and, and the direction of our program. So there you go. There's Dusty May, head coach, Florida Atlantic. Had a nice chat with him. So some of the players you need to be aware of on FAU this season, their leading scorer is Jalen Ingram with 16.7 points per game, 6.6 rebounds. There's another Jalen we talked about, so add him to the list of Jalen's making an impact in 2021. Uh, he's a senior forward from Madison, Georgia. And he's a four-year player at FAU, so been there since before Dusty May even got there, and uh, he's making a pretty good impact. One of the guys Dusty did bring in is Keenan Blackshear, who's the younger brother of Kerry Blackshear, who, of course, starred at the University of Florida and prior to that, Virginia Tech. So I thought Kerry might have been an NBA guy, but right now playing professionally in Israel, which is one of the better European leagues, I would imagine he's still making some pretty good coin playing in that league. And uh, his younger brother, Keenan, one to watch out for also with FAU. So wanted to get into this week's Under the Radar Player Watch. You know, went through some of the, the leading scorers in college basketball. Iowa's Luca Garza leads at number one. But the number two scorer in NCAA basketball right now out of Missouri State, Isaiah Mosley, he's played nine games at Missouri State. He's averaging 23.7 points per game, 3.6 assists. For Missouri State, he's a 6'5 sophomore guard out of Columbia, Missouri. Mentioned number two in the country. And uh, last year played in 32 games at Missouri State. And uh, he's got the mate and one right now, and he's the leading scorer on the team, leading the NBC in points as well. So keep an eye on Isaiah Mosley. The dude can ball. Another under-the-radar player watch you need to be aware of, Richard Washington on San Jose State. So he's number three in the NCAA in scoring right now. He's a 6'6 senior guard from Newport News, Virginia. Right now averaging 22.8 points per game. Mentioned number three. He's played 11 games so far right now for San Jose State. Also got 5.5 rebounds a game. The team only 2-9, and nine, but uh, not due to Richard Washington's effort. So he started his career at Wake Forest. Played in eight games as a freshman under Danny Manning. Then he got hurt 
and missed the entire 2017-18 season. And then obviously Danny Manning gets fired. So Richard Leafs went and played a year at JUCO at Tallahassee uh, Community College. Put up some pretty big numbers, averaging 16 points and change a game. And then made his way to San Jose State last year. Played in 31 games last year, 10.3 a game. And uh, coming out of high school was a three-star player. So kind of resurrected his career. And this guy was playing for Wake Forest, big-time player. And now out at San Jose State making an impact. So watch out for him. So another guy not necessarily under the radar player watch because I've talked about him quite a bit. Davion McKnight with Western Kentucky. He's a freshman guard coming out of high school. Mr. Basketball last year in the state of Kentucky. But only 5'11", 6 foot. So that's why he's not playing for the Kentucky Wildcats. But the dude can ball. So I saw a stat that uh, Western Kentucky posted this week. So he's one of three. Davion McKnight is one of three freshmen right now who has 80 points, 45 rebounds, 45 assists, and 15 steals. The other two who have the other two freshmen, guy named Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, not a bad player, and then Posh Alexander from St. John's, who's a pretty highly recruited freshman. Pretty funny. I watch Posh in uh, Prolific Prep. They have uh, Prolific Prep, one of the you know premier uh, high school teams out of Napa Valley in California. They have their own TV show on Overtime. You can check it out. And that was a big matchup. They were having nightmares with Posh Alexander. I'm sure they mentioned his name. I'm like, damn, I love that name, Posh Alexander. So Davion McKnight in some pretty rare company. One of three freshman players putting up those kind of numbers. So if you haven't checked out the Overtime series, just go on YouTube, type in Overtime and their channel. And uh, I would highly recommend watching Prolific Prep show. Uh, Jalen Green, who playing in the G League this year, looks like they're getting set to start in a bubble. And I spoke to their head coach, Joey Fuca. Maybe I'll play that in the next couple of weeks. Um, good chat with him. One of the premier programs, high school basketball. But um, yeah, take a look out for that. And then also, of course, tonight, anyone in Canada, anyone's game, the CBC show on Orangeville Prep that I'm featured in debuts tonight on television. You can check it out on streaming, CBC Jam. And I don't know where the hell in the U.S., but somewhere out there. But uh, excited to be a part of that. So our last segment of today's episode is the betting picks. So mentioned, I'm five of six. My last three have all come in. Now, it always sucks because I always want to, this is Friday afternoon, and I want to try to get a game in for Saturday uh, for the picks, but there's no lines up for tomorrow other than for like the North Carolina game, which I didn't like it. So I'm going to give you two tonight, and hopefully I get the pot up in time, and maybe you can win a few bucks. So my first pick tonight, I love Liberty minus 10 over Stetson. So Liberty, pretty good team in the A-Sun, the, well, the best team in the Atlantic Sun Conference. They're 11-4. Stetson just 3-5. So Liberty is number 8 in the NCAA in points allowed. So they're top 10 in the country. They only allow 58.7. And then Stetson is number 249 in the country in points 4. So right there, that matchup, not looking good for Stetson. Liberty, I just think they have more talent. And if you go through some of the stats, I mean, Liber uh, Stetson in like the 300s in, in the nation in a number of stats, the only thing they do pretty well that's in the top 100 is rebounds. I think they're like number 84 or something. But aside from that, statistically and analytically, they're terrible. And so go with Liberty, minus 10. Looks like they should roll. And then another game tonight I like is Fresno plus six versus Nevada. That's 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So Fresno is five and three. They've won three in a row. Nevada has lost two in a row. Now, both those games to San Diego State and pretty close ones. Either way, they're kind of on the snide and, uh, you know, Fresno a little bit. They're getting hot right now. So Fresno, number 143 in the country with 73.9 points scored. 
And Nevada, 210th. So they're averaging only 70 points a game. So Fresno, they're pretty even if you go through all their statistics and analytics, pretty even across the board. But uh, I think this is going to be a much closer game. Not saying Fresno's going to win, but they definitely have the chance to outright. But I think this is a two or three point game. Take Fresno plus the six. And I wish you best of luck. Remember, undraftedfreeagent.com, the website is down right now. I'm going to try to sort it out over the next couple of days. And it's not a stress I need it. I work so hard to get it perfect. And my goal was to have it as you know one of the better sites heading into March this year and really increase the traffic. And now all my articles gone. So bummer, but uh, trying to get over it. Hopefully get it back up and running this week with some new content. And uh, we'll go from there. As always... Don't forget to click subscribe. Keep supporting. The downloads are going through the roof. I can't believe the support this podcast is getting. If you are out there and do listen, drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Of course, check me out on YouTube, Chris McKee, and hit up the undraftedfreeagent.com socials, and we'll get the website back up and running shortly. The beating of my heart.